0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. This is the Big Nasty! Yeah, big, nasty, all-fame Tempe Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstock, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon
0: Fire Podcast, brother!
1: You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo!
0: hear cannons we do i want to hear cannons fire them keep yeah. on firing them keep on
1: firing welcome back ladies and gentlemen to a brand new edition of the cannon fire podcast live on youtube this beautiful friday morning for episode 216 it is our game preview show The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are currently on a three-game win streak, are back at home this week to take on a Chicago Bears team that got the best of them on primetime football last year. A lot of differences between last year's matchup and right now. Also, a lot of things remain the same, so uh, we're going to break all of that down over the next hour or so. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, as always, Ray Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. How you doing, my friend? Happy Friday!
0: Yeah, yeah. It feels like uh, I don't know. If, to me, this week has gone by pretty quick. So, felt like just a little while ago. I don't know. Felt like a few hours ago we were doing the the post game show for the for the Thursday night win in Philly, um, and now all of a sudden we're. Gearing up for another game. So it's already week seven, too, which is just crazy to think.
1: Right. Almost at the halfway point of the season. I mean, if we still had 16 weeks, we'd just about be there. But now it's awkward with the 17 game, the 18-week season. But, yeah, man, plenty of football left to be played and plenty of football put out there. I I will say that, yeah, this week did feel pretty fast. I had a lot of days off of work this week. So, of course, it went by like that, right? Like, I, I go back to work today, which is why we're recording so early in the morning. Uh, but glad to have you guys hanging out with us if you're in the live chat over on YouTube. Checking in over there really quickly. We'll see who's hanging out with us this morning. Uh, lots to talk about with this game. And, and let's just throw out some trivia really quick. TB12 Goatman hanging out with us. And I'm curious if he knew this. He probably did because he's our our resident Tom Brady historian in the chat. So Justin Fields is your starter for Chicago. I think on the game preview show, we kind of said, or not even on the game preview show, the season prediction show way back when, we kind of said at this point in the season, maybe it's going to be Justin Fields. And uh, that ends up being the case. But for the first time in Tom Brady's illustrious NFL career, this will be his first start against an Ohio State quarterback. As a Michigan guy, the 20-plus years he's played in the league, he has never played Ohio State quarterback believe it or not um so I mean I guess that says a lot about Ohio State and their quarterbacks right
0: yeah yeah it doesn't yeah we were talking before the show and I was like yeah I heard that I was like hmm the more I thought about it like when I read that I was like man like Tom Ray's been in the league so long you would think eventually like (laughs) you know he would cross paths as one and yeah Really speaks to the quality of talent that Ohio State has put out at quarterback. Really, one of those schools that has talented quarterbacks while they're there, but when they get to the NFL, they're just not really good. So, yeah. you know, maybe look at like a Dwayne Haskins for example, um, as like the most recent
1: example. But I'm sure there's there's a lot you can go back and look to. So yeah, kind of kind of crazy. Yeah, Evan. Big Penn State guy. So I'm sure if we have any Ohio State fans who listen to the show, they're not all too pleased right now. But um, that's okay. Nobody likes Ohio State. Let's talk about the Buccaneers and uh, the shape that they're in headed into this week's game. Looking at the injury report, one that pops out, and someone that we didn't really spend a whole lot of time talking about on the last episode, which was the mailbag. The first injury report came out that day, and this guy did not practice. But now – He has continued not to practice, and up until this point, he has yet to practice. So we are recording this Friday morning. We'll get the injury report later today, obviously, so you know his status could change. But wide receiver Antonio Brown has now missed two practices in a row this week, and his availability seems doubtful. Um, I mean, that's just the impression that we get. Obviously, we have to wait and see how Friday goes. But A.B. popping up with an ankle injury. This is a guy who's currently leading the team in targets. So, you know, it's one of those things where when you're going into certain matchups and you're down a receiver, we've said it before with AB being on the COVID list earlier this year, we went up against the Rams and we were like, okay, you know, this offense can still find ways to be productive without him out there. And that's very true. But when you look at this Bears defense and the track record they have so far this season, that pass rush being what it is, man, uh, that's that's a big loss for this team if AB isn't going to be ready to go.
0: Yeah, I I mean, you know, uh, the the first thing I have in in my notes, it literally says, "Okay, so who is actually going to play in this game? Yeah, (laughs) Uh, let me let me list off some of the players. I'm just going to list off the players who didn't participate for both teams. okay? because both injury reports are extremely long. Okay, so the players in yesterday's practice, Thursday's practice, and like you said, recording is Friday morning. They have a practice today, both teams. So this could change, right? Uh, the players that did not participate for the Bucks: Antonio Brown, Levante David, Rob Gronkowski, Steve McClendon. But it was a it said it was a resting player. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, Richard Sherman. Okay, all those guys did not participate for the Bears. Deshaun Gibson, Jakeem Grant, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Bilel Nichols, and Robert Quinn is still on the COVID list. So, like, who exactly is going to play in this game? Like, is this is going to be, like, a preseason game? Um, yeah, it, it's crazy how, how both these teams seem to be super banged up coming into this. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's it'll be interesting to see if AB can go. I, I think, like you said, I think right now it's probably doubtful just because whenever you miss two straight days, um, yeah, it really doesn't look good, but Hey, if he's limited today, that, that, that to me, that shows that he's going to give it a go on Sunday. But if he doesn't practice today, uh, anybody who really doesn't practice today, it's rare for a guy to not practice all week and then still play on, on Sunday. So if he doesn't practice today, which we'll find out in a few hours, uh, that would lean to say he's out. Um, But yet again, you know, the Bucs played the Bears last year and lost, but they played the Bears without Antonio Brown, which obviously they could be doing again, but they played him without Antonio Brown. They played him without Chris Godwin and they played him with Mike Evans on one good ankle. Yeah. Uh, If you remember that was the Thursday night game, that was a short week and the Bucs were super banged up at receiver. That was one of the games that led to the Bucks signing Antonio Brown because they looked at how the offense are formed in that game and, and, you know, figured, hey, like, if this happens in the playoffs, we're screwed. So, you know, I, I think that was a big key in the signing of Antonio Brown, and obviously the Bucks will be likely without Brown. It looks like they'll definitely be without Rob Gronkowski, which obviously those are important pieces, but it does look like They'll be a little bit healthier going into this matchup than the last one versus the Bears. Uh, On the Bears side of things, apparently Khalil Mack uh, didn't practice last Wednesday or Thursday either, practiced on Friday and then played. Um, Apparently they've been doing that because he's been really banged up. So, uh, you know, I'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Apparently him and Akeem Hicks, I think, have both done that. Um, So we'll see if they practice today. Um, but obviously two key Bears players there too. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's an extension in, in extensive injury report for both these teams. And it, I'll be curious to see who actually, of the players who didn't participate, who actually does uh, suit up.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Another thing to monitor is linebacker Levante David. I know you briefly brought him up earlier, but um, he was able to escape spending time on the IR. But this would be the second game that he has missed because he is also yet to practice this week. I don't think he plays. I mean, again, a lot of the status today is going to tell you who's going to be out there and who will not. But uh, with Levante, have you heard any type of update? Uh, Do you have, you know, maybe a timetable when he's supposed to be back? Because it should definitely be sooner than later at this point.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, Bruce wasn't lying when he said they they like his progress. Um, You know, I I think. I don't know. I don't really love to criticize like the Bucks or, or any NFL team when it comes to managing injuries just because with setbacks and everything like that. And just you never know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, had the Bucks really handled this great with the IR stuff. I mean, they didn't put Rob Gronkowski on IR and now he's gonna miss his fourth game when he you could have just had him on IR and and miss it, you know. Automatically missed three games, which he did anyway, and he could have kept the player like maybe a Khalil Davis or a John Moshan or, or something. Um, and now you're, you're kind of doing the same thing with Levante David. This will be a second trade game missed. And then all of a sudden, you know, you got New Orleans next week does he miss that one too? And then you're looking at, you're coming back after the bye. then why didn't you put him on IR? So I I don't know. I don't know if he's going to miss next week. Um, Like I said, they do like his progress, but I also don't think they don't want to rush him. So, you know, I, yeah, I, he's not, I'd be very surprised if he plays on Sunday, but I think, you know, I think week eight, you almost have to assume he's going to play because I, I can't see why they wouldn't have
1: put him on, on IR if that was the case. Right. Now, as we take a look into this game preview, I want to talk about uh, the Bucks' offense first, but what they're going to be going up against as well. So this Bears defense, man, there's a lot of pieces on both sides of the ball that could point to this team, maybe having a little more talent than they did this time last year. Obviously, a quarterback, you know, with the rookie, it's one thing. But Justin Fields is a much different animal than, uh, you know, Nick Foles was last year. So we'll talk about the offense for Chicago in a minute, but this pass rush, man, you talked about Khalil Mack being banged up regardless him and uh, Robert Quinn. I think both of those guys have combined for close to 12 sacks this season. They lead the NFL in sacks and um, I'm sorry. I don't think it's 12 sacks. I think it's 12 quarterback. No, Yeah, yeah, 12 sacks. Jesus. Um, sorry. It's tired, man. It's early in the morning. <laughs> it, 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 it's tired, you know, just... <laughs> uh, but this bears defense, specifically the pass rush is, is obviously something that has given Tampa Bay problems before that was the root of what tore this offense apart and slowed them down last season, because even though Tom Brady was still figuring out the offense at that point in the season, still trying to, you know, get the, get, get the rhythm down build a report with his receivers, try and get chemistry going. He's not doing that this season. And uh, the Buccaneers have been averaging, I think, close to 30 points a game over the course of the season. So I'd expect this offense to put up a hell of a lot more points than they did last year, but it's going to start with how they fare against this defense. And it's going to start in the trenches because again, you cannot talk about this bears defense without talking about the pass rush and uh, specifically Khalil Mack. Robert Quinn's also a talented player, but. For the Bears on the defensive side of the ball, what else do you notice? And are there any matchups you're looking at in this game?
0: Yeah, so the Bears have 21 sacks as a team. Uh, that is tied, or at least I, I don't think Cleveland was in there or, or Denver. So it still should be tied for the NFL lead. Uh, so, so 21 sacks, like I said, that, that's tied for the NFL lead. Yeah, there, I, I think – You know, I have my notes here. I I think the Chicago pass rush might be the best pass rush they've faced so far this year. I think it might be, it might be better than the Rams pass rush. It might be better than the Eagles pass rush or, you know, any type of, you know, rush that they've faced. I just, you know, which is why Robert Quinn being on the COVID list, like that matters. I I think that that's a huge deal, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think he puts even more emphasis that Khalil Mack is definitely not missing this game. I mean, I don't see how you can go into this game against Tom Brady without Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack. and expect to win. So, um, yeah, I mean, losing Robert Quinn would be huge because he's been a huge part of their defense. I mean, he's had really a, a career resurgence there. Um, him and Khalil Mack, just like you said, have really wrecked shop for a lot of offenses. So yeah, and, and obviously Akeem Hicks, Akeem Hicks was banged up last week and he still got a sack. I watched the game versus the Packers and uh, they really gave Aaron Rodgers a lot of fits. They, yeah. they really did. They, they sacked um,
1: him two or three times.
0: Yeah, I think it was three. I yeah. think it was three times and uh, they were just, you know, when they weren't sacking, they were hitting him. So what's the key to, to beating Tom Brady? And I always say the key to beating any quarterback. It's it's funny how people say, oh, the key to beating Tom Brady is to hit him. Well. That's pretty much every <laughs> quarterback. Gonna, yeah,
1: that's gonna slow down more, most quarterbacks in the league. I don't care who yeah, you got back
0: there. So, so it's just it's gonna be important. I mean, you know, the matchups that I have in here are Tristan Worf's revenge game question mark because yeah. Tristan Wirf's the only sack he has given up in his NFL career is to Khalil Mack. So now he gets him again, most likely you'll get him again. And he got and, uh afterwards. Yeah, I, I know yeah, it was, I, it was not
1: a, you, you get beat, but you, it was not pretty. I mean, I, there's obviously some debate about, you know, did Khalil Mack really flip this guy and all close to 300 pounds. On? Some people say that, uh, you know, Tristan was just trying to hang on to him or let go or do something. I don't know. But, uh, You know, regardless of the situation, that's something that Tristan Wurfs hasn't forgotten. So I I like that matchup. One more thing I wanted to say before I toss it back to you and some other matchups you have is uh, this Bears defense. You look at the numbers that they've put up. You mentioned how they had a pretty okay day against Aaron Rodgers, even though he still does own them. Um, You know, Looking at the offenses they've done this against, man, they've played some pretty good offenses and held their own. The Rams are up there, the Raiders mm-hmm. as well, the Browns before they lost Baker Mayfield, and then, of course, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So they're actually finding ways to produce against good offenses in the NFL. Do I think the Bucks have a better offense than every single one of those teams? Probably, except for maybe like the Rams at times. But I still think the Rams one's the only one that's close. I still think the Bucs are a top three offense in the NFL just out of sheer production. Uh, So it's going to be a big test for them against this pass rush.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's huge. And I just yeah, it can't be undersold that the Bucs, especially I think on the interior offensive line too, the guards have to play well. I thought Ali Marpet and Ryan Jensen played fantastic in Philly. They're going to need that again. Uh, They're going to need that same performance again because uh yeah i think it's gonna be a real challenge and i think you know just off the top of my head looking you know this might be the best defensive line they're gonna face all year i mean maybe washington but washington hasn't been the same this year but on paper washington's is as good um but other than that like i don't know like it I mean, Buffalo's pass rush is, is okay, but that's not really – I wouldn't say that that's the strength of their defense. Um, yeah, I, I think that Chicago's pass rush is, is really good. Uh, the question in the chat, Rams defense or Chicago defense is better? Uh, so I think the Rams overall defense might be better, but Chicago's pass rush is better. Uh, I think Chicago has a better pass rush than the Rams, but the, the Rams have the better overall defense. Uh, just from top to bottom, I think Chicago does have some issues in the secondary, which I think the Bucks could exploit. Um, so we'll see what, what happens there. We'll see how they choose to attack it. They the Bears haven't been great against the pass, uh, they've been pretty stout against the run, as you would expect with that defensive line. But, um, so I, I have in my notes, obviously, Gronk, as I mentioned, isn't likely to play. He was running a little bit with the trainer, but, um, doesn't seem like that's going to happen, right? He didn't participate in practice all week. Seems like, like I said, that's sort of a week eight thing, or maybe, as we talked about, I think on Wednesday, do they just say, uh, let's hold him off for two more weeks, let him get the buy and be 100% healthy for week 10. Um, so now it's, it's time for O.J. Howard to step up. And yes, he did appear on the injury report. He didn't practice, but then Thursday he was limited in practice. So he was upgraded there. That That sort of shows you that. Uh, he's going to oh, at least he's on track to play. We'll see what his status is for Friday's practice, but um, it seems that he's on track to play and he played really well in Philly. So they're going to need a repeat performance of that, especially if Antonio Brown can't go. Yeah, uh, because you, you're going to need somebody else to step up in his absence. And I
1: think O.J. Howard could be that type of guy. It's um, been a uh, it's been a great couple of weeks for our breakout players of the year, huh? I yeah, mean, it's been really we kinda, good. <laughs> we kind of crapped on these guys to start the season, but yeah. as things have progressively gotten more, you know, football related. OJ Howard, we talked about his reemergence. I, I think some people might be uh, overstating how good he has been, but it's also important to remember that he's coming off of an Achilles injury. Man, uh, I was listening to Buck what you heard with our good guy Gene last night. He had Greg Allman on from the Athletic. And they were talking about the nature of this Achilles injury like a a lot of other athletes have had this Kobe Bryant one of them and he said that this Achilles injury is one of the worst injuries Mm -hmm. I have ever had to come back from in my career. So for OJ Howard you know any production is good production but I'm curious to see if he can carry that momentum into this week and then of course Jamel Dean having a couple of big plays for the defense being able to step up with the you know, just several holes still in the secondary, but uh, curious to see how those guys do this week. The next question I wanted to ask you pertains to the Buccaneers offense and how they're going to attack this game. And uh, TB12 Goatman actually beat me to it in the chat, but what kind of game plan do we see this week? Do you think it's a similar offense to what they called against the Eagles? A lot of screens, a lot of short plays, maybe rely on the run game a little bit if Lenny can get going. I know it's gonna be tough running the ball against Chicago in that big fat D line, but, you know, you got to commit to the run every now and again. If, you know, over the first half you have 50 yards, keep running the ball. Sure. Um, but what kind of game plan do you think we see out of Tampa this week? Because I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just not sure they're going to go out there and 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 really air it out. Like I know I said at the beginning of the show, they're going to score more points than they did last year, and that's because they only put up, what, like 17 last year? It was an ugly game, low-scoring game.
0: 20-19 to 19 they lost.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did lose by one point. So I feel confident they put up more than 19 points, but I feel like the offense is going to run similar to the game against Philly where it's a lot of short passes every now and again, dink and dunk football, which I guess doesn't matter if you're able to move the ball, right?
0: Yeah. Um So they did that in the first, like, first little bit versus Philly, and it worked. But then they – To me, the Philly game plan was a lot similar. After I rewatched it, the the Philly game plan was a lot similar to like the Rams game plan last year. Mm. They, they did things that worked, but then they started to try and take deep shots and Philly's defense doesn't allow that. So they started to not do as well and the offense kind of sputtered. We all noticed it, Yeah. Right. They, they, they started Tom Brady's interception on a deep shot. So, um, I think as long as you stick to the game plan, it can work. Um, you know, it's it's um, like I said, Chicago's past defense hasn't been great, so there's going to be some matchups that you I think you're going to be able to exploit. Not having Chris Godwin in that matchup last year was pretty big. Yeah, right. Uh, not having him there was was a big factor, and obviously at the time they didn't have Antonio Brown. Um, they actually didn't even have OG Howard. It was, it was week five, and O.J. got injured the week before. So they didn't have O.J. Howard. Uh, but, you know, they did have Gronkowski. But they also didn't have a healthy Mike Evans. So there, there's all the, the, these factors into this. And, um, you know, and and like you said, Brady being not 100% comfortable. It was only the fifth game. You know, in the offense, it, it's, it's, it's a road game, prime yeah. time. It's a tough yeah. game, short week, tough game to win um so now this one's much favorable right you're in tampa you're undefeated at home right now uh, i do think they're they're gonna try what's up
1: i was just gonna say had a week and a half to prepare yeah, so you know yeah. definitely the opposite of coming off a short week yeah 100
0: percent. um i i think they're gonna try to run the ball a little bit i just think they they really liked what they've seen for, from letter four net and i think like this is almost their ideal offense That like they take the shots and they throw the ball but like also like are able to, to throw it and control the clock so i think they're gonna try it run on the ball i don't know how successful it's gonna be but um yeah I, I there's gonna be some opportunities to be able to i know you said you don't think they're gonna air it out i don't think they're gonna throw the ball 50 times but there's gonna be some opportunities i think to really get some chunk plays there uh against this bears defense and last thing i gotta say about the offense is you know just let's Let's just hope that the, the quarterback uh, remembers what
1: down it is. That's all. That's
0: pretty important.
1: So. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Let's hope the uh, the offensive line you know, remembers Brady ripping into him on the sideline last year after giving up as much pressure as they did to this Bears defensive line. One more thing I want to talk about before we look at the other side of the football for Tampa Bay. Um, Deus Flex Machina, I like that name, brought it up in the live chat. This Bucks team had 11 penalties for well over 100 yards last year against the Bears. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they have more penalty yards last week than Jalen Hurts had passing yards? Or was yeah. that it, yeah, right? It was, what, 120-something yards off of penalties last week?
0: Yeah, I mean, like 90 of them came off of two pass interference penalties, but yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I mean... I know that I mean, I'm sure course- seri- I'm sure no, I, pass- I totally believe the, the, you. I the know. one. It's just a it's just a ridiculous the, thought. You know the, what I mean? the one the one pass interference was like 45 yards and the other one was like 50 or so. Right. Um, you know, I know over the course of the season, it feels like we've made excuses for some of the penalties this team has. Uh, there's been a couple of garbage calls that you cannot deny. But I'll be honest with you. I'd be lying if I sat here and said that I thought we'd be talking about penalties being an issue for this team. It, during week seven, over the first three weeks, four weeks of the season, I'm like, hey, you know, this team's still getting warmed up. Penalties are part of the process. Cleaning that up happens with time. They're not going to be in the same position they were when they left off in 2020, and clearly it's that a hasn't been year. the case. But mm-hmm. holy hell, man, these penalties. The Buccaneers remain one of the most penalized teams in the NFL, and it's insane because when you have close to the number one scoring offense in the NFL and you are the most penalized team in the NFL, even though they're winning football games, you just want to do it in a cleaner fashion, and uh, penalties are one of those things where it's still a little bit of a topic with this team, and when you compare this year's matchup to last year, it's what pretty much lost the Bucks the game against the Bears last year or some were some terrible penalties at critical moments in the game. You know, think about the Shaq Barrett roughing the passer. That was not Shaq oh, yeah. Barrett's fault. It yeah, was not so It was not fault. a goddamn rushing the passer, <laughs> roughing the passer, excuse me. But um, you know, it's just it's stuff you gotta deal with. And I think you gotta be prepared mentally to to go out there and try and play the cleanest game you can.
0: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, that's gotta be the number one reason they lost. I mean, it's not Tom for getting it down. It's not the pass rush, you know, the Bears pass rush really affecting them. It's not the Bucks' health. It was it had to be the penalties i mean the reason actually tom brady was ripping into the offensive line was because of the penalties yep. they had a drive that ended up being a fourth and like 30 because of penalties so i guess um, guess yeah, how many penalties a, they
1: had the week after
0: zero zero <laughs> versus the packers yeah <laughs> um so maybe this isn't the week maybe it's just versus the saints
1: who knows oh, man. um That'd be nice, though. I would take that. Yeah, zero penalties yeah, versus Saints. If you told the me they could play a perfect game <laughs> against New Orleans, I'll take that all day.
0: Um, as long as the outcomes of of this game is is different than last year's outcome, I'm good. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean it's it's huge, right? And they they did a decent job, uh, versus New England and versus Miami. They they did a decent job of limiting the penalties, uh, but then they came back last last uh, week, and like I said. The, the is those yardage numbers are gonna be skewed because of those two pass interference penalties. Um, both of which, if they don't happen, they're touchdowns, which I know the Eagles scored touchdowns anyway, but like, hey, I'd rather give up a short touchdown than a, than a long bomb on a touchdown. So, um, you know, it's those are those are gonna be skewed, but at the same time, it kept the Eagles in the game, like, mm-hmm. th- it wouldn't have been a game. it it might've been like 28th and nothing in in the third quarter had it not been for those penalties. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely just huge. Right. And just something you got to eliminate. I don't know what it was last year with the bears game versus with the penalties, even like, you know, so that was week five and like the, the four weeks before that penalties were an issue, but like they weren't as much of an issue as in that game. That game was just, I mean, I don't know. The Bears, if you remember correctly, they didn't have a crowd for that Thursday night game. So there was yeah. no crowd noise. Yeah. I just, I don't know what was going on in that game. Um, Yeah, that was, that was confusing, but uh, yeah, the penalties are definitely an issue. And uh, yeah, it, it's, I don't know, man, it's specifically limiting the penalties on defense, which is obviously a nice segue into the, the next topic of this show. <laughs> So, so the Bucks defense versus the Bears offense, which the Bears
1: offense has uh, not been great. I got to tell you, even though their offense has not been great, when you look at this Bucks defense specifically the pass rush, it's uh, I mean it's it's our favorite situation for Tampa Bay rookie quarterback, a guy who can run, escape pressure in the pocket, very athletic. What could possibly go wrong? Right, I mean, it's not like we've seen this movie a million times. So, so talking about the Buccaneers on defense, one of the first things we'll talk about is, of course, the pass rush and how they're going to need to step up to try and wrap up a guy like Justin Fields this week because it's going to be tough. Uh, they faced, you know, Jalen Hurts last week, so I think he gave them a pretty good—I don't know about blueprint, but I think Jalen Hurts is probably going to beat Justin Fields in a foot race, right? So. Yeah.
0: Slightly faster.
1: Yeah, but very similar. Right. So you've already played a couple of shifty quarterbacks this season. Jalen Hurts being the fastest one. You've got another one in a rookie quarterback. Uh, So neutralizing him is obviously going to be priority number one, I I think, in this game, because while their offense has not been great, when you have a quarterback who can improvise and can make things happen after a couple of seconds of, you know, the pocket collapsing it could be a long day for the bucks because those type of quarterbacks, it seems like we can just never really get home against uh, those quick guys in the pocket.
0: Yeah. It, it's obviously going to be a key uh, for as good as the bears sack numbers on defense have been, they, they have 21 sacks of the team on defense. They've allowed 22 sacks of the team on offense. Oh, so th- this offensive line is putrid. Th- this offensive line is terrible. So, you know, it's yeah, the pass rush, there's not many excuses. I mean, they're you know, Jason Pierre Paul, I understand he's on the injury report and he hasn't been great because he hadn't really been healthy, but you have Joe Tryon Showinka there. I mean, that's that's good depth. Vita Veya is healthy, uh Nadamika is healthy, Shaq Barrett is healthy. There's just there's no excuse um and not I to think have success.
1: Really quickly, somebody in the chat said this, but uh, Joe Tryon, you gotta give him his props because I think along that defensive line, he's probably the fastest guy they have out there when he is on the field, Um, you know, off of your pass rush playing outside linebacker. So Joe Tryon has almost been a godsend when it comes to just trying to contain some of these quicker quarterbacks. We saw him make a play against Jalen Hurts last week where he had this, you know, full sprint to the sideline to push him out of bounds, but it prevented a first down, if I remember correctly. Um, So a guy like that's going to be pretty important to stepping up this week if Justin Fields happens to get outside of the pocket.
0: Yeah, I do think Shaq Barrett was was the best at doing that last week. Oh um, yeah, but uh, twenty nineteen yeah. Shaq out there. But you know the the thing is that, like I said, like we just talked about, Jalen Hurts is faster than Justin Fields, mm-hmm. so like that that that's a difference there too. So I mean, obviously it sounds dumb, but like he is like Jalen Hurts is a faster player. He's gonna be able to get to the edge. Um, some of those you know times when Shaq Barrett was chasing down Jalen Hurts with Justin Fields, that might be a sack. you know, with Justin Fields, oh, that yeah, could it, be a sack. Instead there was, of a,
1: there was that one play that I think back to and, and Shaq was like this close. I mean, he was, he was chasing hurts for probably a good seven or eight yards. And the entire time he probably could have laid out and barely whiffed him on the tackle, but he was this close to getting his sack. Um, I think he eventually did end up getting one, of course, but. You know, hopefully we see that same Shaq Barrett this week, too.
0: Yeah, so Justin Fields uh, so far this season has 632 yards passing, two touchdowns and three interceptions. Uh, As far as rushing, which we just talked about, uh, 102 yards rushing, one touchdown. He has three fumbles, but none of them are fumbles lost. So he has three fumbles, but they've recovered all of them. So, hey, I mean, Shaq Barrett's really been a great, a great player when it comes to forcing fumbles right getting strip sacks maybe he gets home this week is it time for Joe trying to show first strip sack maybe who knows but yeah to me there's just there's no excuse to to not to not you know um to not have success against this offensive line and it's it, this pass rush man like you know, we talked about, like you said earlier, with the penalties talking about, you know, oh, they're getting their feet wet, right? Give it time, give it time. Well, it, it's time. Like it, it's it's time to, to step up and you've been doing better, but it's still not a hundred percent where you want it to be. I don't think, at least not where I want it to be. It's not. You know, against some of these offensive lines that they're facing, they should be having more success versus Miami. Miami, they should have had more success against Miami. Philly's offensive line is kind of underrated. They have a lot of depth there, so they played well. Uh, and like you said, the Jim Hurts factor, right? He's able to escape the pocket, but this Bears offensive line is bad. It's a home yeah. game. You should feed off the energy
1: of the crowd. There's no reason for your pass rush to not have success here. Um, I, I know – You know, their offensive line, speaking of it being not that great, one of the biggest reasons they've given up 22 sacks is uh, at left tackle, they have the aging Jason Peters, who has not been good. Terrible. Terrible. You you know, that's that's another matchup along that defensive line. All day I'm going to be looking up uh, at who's lined up over the left tackle because if you get your more physical guys down there or even if you bring a stun on them, I just don't know how they're going to slow that down because – it's tough to try and contain this pass rush every single snap, and clearly the Bears are not capable of doing that against most defenses in the NFL.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to go over real quick um, some of the, the Bears' offense totals. Mm-hmm. Total offense, they're ranked 32nd. Pass offense, 32nd. Scoring offense, 30. Sack percentage, that means sacks allowed, 32. They're seventh in rushing, but against the Bucs, it really doesn't matter. Plus Damian Williams, I believe is on the COVID list. And uh, David Montgomery is out. He's on IR. I believe he could return next week. So they're, they're, they're seventh in rushing, but they could be
1: without their two backs. Like you said, yeah, right. we we'll clear. Yeah. Khalil Herbert will, uh, will be the guy for the role if none of those guys are good to go.
0: Yeah. Um, which obviously we know Montgomery isn't, is definitely not good to go. Uh, but possibly Damian Williams can play. But, yeah, I mean, they're seventh in rushing, but, like, I don't know. Whenever I look at, like, an offense's total, I don't really care about rushing because it's against the Bucks, And I'm just convinced that teams, like, even if they could have success, I'm convinced, like, they just won't do it. Like, they just won't even attempt to, to run. So, um, yeah, that'll be – I think the Bears are going to attack it just like every offense really has. A lot of passes, I think. You're going to see fields really, really aired out. Um, so the last thing I have for, for the defense is uh, Todd Bowles versus rookie quarterbacks. Todd Bowles versus rookie quarterbacks. Todd Bowles Tampa Bay defense. This isn't Todd Bowles, Arizona. Todd Bowles, New York. Todd Bowles, Tampa Bay defenses versus rookie quarterbacks. The record.
1: Off the top of your head. Just all quick, right? Don't really think about it much. What do you think his record is? I'll tell you because I I remember talking about this before. I don't want to take away any luster, but correct me if I'm wrong here. I know you will always. They are undefeated currently against rookie quarterbacks, right? Since Todd Bowles has taken over, uh, they are four and one. Okay. Yeah, they were defeated by Daniel Jones in Tampa. Oh uh, damn it! In in, in
0: twenty nineteen. Damn so, it! Damn it! Damn it! Um, I just ruined
1: my day. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah,
0: they 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 they're they're four and one. They're one and this season because they beat Mac Jones. Um so yeah, the that the first season they, they lost to Daniel Jones. They beat Kyler Murray and David Blau. Uh last year David they beat Blau. Yeah, I know. <laughs> La, last year they, they beat Justin Herbert, and this year they beat Mac Jones. So um they did
1: not beat Justin Herbert last year. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They, they came back and won. Oh, Come Justin, on, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking Justin Fields. Like I said earlier, <laughs> folks, it is early. It is um, the, uh, it is it, the 8 a.m. time slot for CFP today, so I'm still getting my bearings.
0: The battle of the Justins. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah my so, they did beat I mean, Justin Herbert. Todd Bowles, as you know, we always think the Bucs have had trouble with rookie quarterbacks, and they have, but Todd Bowles, since he's came to Tampa, has had some success. Now, those games haven't been the prettiest. A lot of those games have been very close. Um, except for really the the Detroit game with David Blau, um, the rest of them are really come down to the wire. But he has had success, and he does have a pretty good record against them. So both of uh, those, obviously uh... obviously the the secondary is banged up. They could be getting Anton Winfield back, um, but uh, wouldn't expect Carlson Davis, SMB, Richard Sherman, any of those guys to play this week. But they could be getting Anton Winfield back.
1: He brought up that game against Detroit, man. Both of those games against Detroit. I mean. Detroit fans probably hate the red and pewter. They came there two years in a row and just absolutely ripped those guys to shreds. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, a good record for this Todd bulls defense. And it kind of strikes down the narrative that we've been used to for so long is that the bucks don't do well against rookie quarterbacks. And I'm glad to see that, you know, statistically we can clearly say the argument is over and it has been put to rest for the time being. Um, but regardless of if it's a rookie quarterback or not, having a guy like Justin Fields in the pocket is, is going to be a test. So, Curious to see how this defense does. A couple of more guys on uh, Chicago's offense that I wanted to talk about who could potentially be out there making plays. I know Darnell Mooney has had, uh, you know, he's been hot and cold these past couple of seasons, but he's a pretty talented guy that can make you regret it. And uh, I believe they also have Allen Robinson out there. Are there any other pieces on this offense you think could potentially give Tampa problems this Sunday?
0: Not really. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I like That's I like I me. like
1: the honesty there. I like the transparency.
0: To me, I just, I, yeah. I mean Darnell Mooney and Alan Robinson are both on the injury report. They're both they're both been limited all week with injuries. Yeah. Um
1: yeah. Th- this know. is a Buccaneer secondary plagued with injuries, but but even yeah. then I, I guess you got to admire I, some of the guys who have stepped up. Ross Cockrell's been playing pretty good this season.
0: Yeah, I mean JaKeem Grant's uh a good player, I guess. He's on the injury report too. Um, Jimmy Graham who gave them fifth last year uh, actually played really well last year. Um, He's on the injury report, but it was just a resting player type deal. So he'll play. Uh, Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't really, I don't know. Uh, There's nobody really on the, in the receiving room that really scares me. I think if the bucks lose this game, it's, it's because the bucks beat themselves. I just, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't know alan robinson it's he's a good player alan robinson is a good player but he's had a you know a, a tough go of it this year so far i know a lot of fancy owners are really frustrated with him. so um luckily i don't have him in fancy but uh i <laughs> know who, i know some people that does. do. oh you do you? no uh, okay that's what I'm you're really you really putting that on there but um yeah i just yeah i, I don't i don't if David Montgomery was playing, I would say him. Is he gave the Bucs a little bit of trouble in the passing game last year, but he's not. And uh, this offensive line's terrible. They're the rookie quarterback. I just. It's a home game. Yeah I, yeah. I. don't know. I just. I'm not too worried about the Bears' actual weapons.
1: I don't. I don't really go out on a limb every single week and predict a big game for one guy or another. But I'll tell you, I, I got a gut feeling this week, and like a big gut feeling because this guy has himself a big gut along that defensive line. I think it's going to be a huge game for Vita Vea, man. You know, I know I know he said Tristan Worst revenge game, but I'd like to see Vita Vea go out there and wreck shop because against the Bears last year was unfortunately where he went down with injury. The Bucks didn't get him back until the NFC Championship game later on in the playoffs. So I'd like to see Vita be a big reason that, you know, Justin Fields has just a tough day out there. I, I think a, a big game for number 50 is going to be in store because that momentum has been building throughout the season. And while he isn't exactly wrecking the stat sheet, you look back at the film and he is wrecking everybody on the offensive line. So I'd like to see a little bit more of that this week. Are there any people you think have a big game this week, offense or defense, before we get into the uh, the checklist?
0: I'll say Shaq Barrett has three sacks. Wow there you go that I, that's I like my that. that's my bold that's one strip sack and then three three sacks yeah. one strip sack so ben,
1: ben Leaper in the chat one of our moderators holding it down we were talking about the game last week and how Shaq Barrett uh performed against Jalen Hurts Ben Leaper with a great point he's like Shaq would have had three sacks that game against any other quarterback in the NFL
0: yeah so um, I'll get three sacks this game that's yeah. that's
1: how it rolls I like it man keep the momentum rolling. So. <laughs> Every single week here on the game preview show, we wrap things up with the weekly checklist and basically what it is. Evan puts together a list of three things the bucks have to do if they want to win this game. And, uh, you know, if they do those things, they should come out victorious against Chicago this Sunday. So Evan, the floor is yours, my friend.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we talked about them all, but number one, protect Brady. I said, protect Brady at all costs, just because the Bears Bears pass rush is good. I, I, I fully expect Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks to play. I don't think Robert Quinn's going to play. I don't think he'll get cleared in time, but I expect both those guys to play. This is a healthy Bucks offensive line, so there's no excuses. But it's a good Bears defensive line, so you got to be able to protect Tom Brady. Uh, two, I said play clean football. I you, you got to do it. If you don't, you're going to keep the Bears in this game. If you keep the Bears in this game, who knows what can happen. Uh, they're the bears. I don't, they're not a very good team, but they're also not a bad team. So I think they're, they're very average when you keep average teams in games that leads to upsets. So you gotta be on the lookout for that. They have a big game versus new Orleans coming up. I hope you're not, you know, potentially looking ahead to that, you know, because that, that could happen, right? You talk about trap game. A lot of people said, Oh, Philly's a trap game. Well, a trap game requires you to have to look forward to something the next week. <laughs> I mean, then it, it was the Bears the next week. So, what were the Bucks actually looking forward ahead to this week? It, it's a big matchup versus the Saints next week in New Orleans, and then you had the bye week. So, this could be a trap game where the Bucks are just hoping to just hey get out of here, get a win, and then can move on. Can't do it. You got to have focus. Uh, and then three, I right, pressure, pressure, pressure. I right, if you don't get pressure in this game, I'm going to become very concerned and very critical of the Bucks pass rush. Um, there's no reason why they, they can't make Justin Fields have a day from hell. Um, because it's it's not a good Bears offensive line. They don't have the best weapons, they're down both their starting running backs. It's you know, I'm not saying you have to get, you know, five, six sacks, but you got to be able to get consistent pressure on them and yeah. keep them in the pocket. So um yeah those those are the three things i think if the bucks do all three of those things they'll win handedly do i think all three of those things will happen consistently
1: throughout the game I, I i don't but you know that's that's a perfect game plan that's nothing's perfect so yeah uh if you guys are in the live chat go ahead and drop your score predictions we're gonna get to ours here in a minute but if there's one thing that uh you know i want to add to the checklist this week is don't be afraid of the short game I know we've seen it work on the offense, but uh, the short passing game, committing to the run game, even if the run game doesn't work, I hate to say this because I never thought I would say this, but Leonard Fournette has proven to me that he can now catch the ball out of the backfield. Hard to
0: believe we're saying that now. Right.
1: I know. I mean, all the slander that we've had against our pass catching running backs over the past season and a half, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to say that I'm fairly confident in number seven, all season Lenny catching the ball out of the backfield. And I think that could be uh, just a safety outlet for this offense. If they really can't get anything going down the field, whether it's Gio Bernard, getting a little bit more involved in the passing game or Leonard Fournette continuing to do his thing. If either of those guys ball out this week, I think it could be huge for Tampa Bay and uh, involving the running backs in the pass game could be exciting to see. So taking a look at the live chat before we get to our final score productions, rock eight, one, three says 30 to 13 bucks tb12 Goatman says 24 to 13 bucks ben leaper says 31 17 tampa bay deus flex 35 10 bucks and big mgm says i'd go 24 to 20 bucks i'll go ahead and throw mine out there and then i'll toss it to you evan i don't think this game is going to be nearly as close as it was last season but i also don't think the bucks are going to put up over 30 um maybe i hope i'm wrong like clearly clearly i hope i'm wrong here i hope tom brady throws five touchdowns and Wins uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Week again, but I've got this one shaping out like this. I think the Bucs win by more than one possession, but I think the final score is something along the lines of 27 to 14. Uh, I think a couple of key interceptions at some key moments of the game keep this one farther than it would be. Like, in my mind, you know, the Bears are driving late in the third quarter trying to tie it up or trying to make it 21-24 or something, and then we get a Jamel Dean interception for, uh, for what, the third week in a row? That, that'd that be something. That's a bold prediction. But I have the Buccaneers victorious in this one by more than a possession. So uh, I'd like to think that after this one, they will be 6-1 for the first time in franchise history. How about that?
0: Crazy to think. Um, so I, I wanted to go with a, with a score prediction that that represented four, um, but I, I couldn't. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go instead of four, I'm going to go, this is a six point win. And I think this is 23 to 17 bucks. I, I think the bucks are going to have some trouble against the bears defense. Uh, I, I do. Um, but I just, don't think the bears in the end I think the bears will have a shot but they just don't have enough I just I just don't think the bears have enough on offense I understand the bucks are banged up and I think if the bucks were 100% healthy I wouldn't choose it to be a 6 point game I would probably choose to be maybe a 10 point game but the bucks are are, are banged up I know the bears are too but the bucks are banged up in some key spots um but uh yeah I, I you know we'll see how how it goes, but I, I do believe that the Bucks defense will have some success, and uh, yeah, the Bucks offense will will play a smart game. I don't think it'll be a very flashy game. It won't be a very pretty game, but it'll be a
1: smart game. The penalties will be limited, and uh, yeah, I think they'll they'll come out of here with the W. Yeah, no prime time this week for Tampa Bay. This one I believe is a four o'clock game. But over twenty five, yeah. So ever, over the next month or so, the Buccaneers have a slate of just regular Sunday afternoon games. So finally, return to normalcy. I, I mean, primetime games are always fun, but when you're talking about short weeks, and then of course the podcast schedule having to be adjusted every single week, it'll be nice to really get you know some rhythm behind how we put these yeah. shows out over the.
0: So- so but before the bye week, they actually had three primetime games and now they only have two more the rest of the year. Yeah, so I'm OK they have, with it. They three, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with yeah. it. <laughs> I
1: mean, one more thing about the primetime, too. I wanted to say this about last year's Bears matchup when they played the Bears on Thursday night last year. I remember one of the biggest storylines of this team was like, why can't they play on primetime? And <laughs> yeah, now
0: they're undefeated.
1: <laughs> exactly. Four. and oh. they could be, I think, four and oh at home if they beat the bears this week. So, uh, you know, a a pretty good record to have throughout the course of the season. So hopefully they can keep up the momentum. And the next time we talk to you guys, the box will be six and one, but ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the cannon fire podcast. Thank you for waking up early with us and checking us out here on YouTube. Shout out to our people in the live chat. Rock eight, one, three will the brewer TV, 12 goat, man, Edwin Hernandez, Ben Leeper, the moderator, holding it down. And anybody else I may have missed. We appreciate your guys support. If you have not already, subscribe to the channel. It is the best way to experience the podcast. Plenty of great Buccaneers content throughout the season and uh, even beyond that. So make sure you go check that out. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host, Evan, on Instagram at bucks_daily, underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL. Last but not least, you can find myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. So the next time we talk to you, it'll be Sunday afternoon following the game, hopefully following a Buccaneers victory. We'll be live right here on YouTube for the Week 7 Post Game Show. So make sure you're subscribed and be among one of the first to be notified the minute we go live. Looking forward to a good game this week, and uh, hopefully everybody stays healthy as we approach one of the biggest matchups of the year, because after Chicago, it's about that time in New Orleans on Halloween against your former quarterback. It's uh, it's going to be a spooky time for one team or the other. But of course, this week we're focused on Chicago, and uh, that's where it'll stay. Thank you again for checking out this week's episode of the Cannon Fire podcast, brought to you by our good friends over at betonline.ag. I'm your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish, and we'll talk to you guys Sunday after the game. Until then, and as always, go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.